want to open up with our scripture reading today, and we're continuing our series in Matthew called Jesus Revealed, and we're going to be in Matthew chapter 8 today, and our scripture, it's in your bulletin, it'll be up on the screen, I'll read it to you, it says, when Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. All right, if you would, let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much, God, for who you are. And Lord, just the countless ways that your grace is moving in our lives. The things we know about, but Lord, the tons of things we're never aware of. How you're always with us and you're moving and you're changing us. And God, we thank you for your word. We ask that you would speak to us today. God, we thank you that we find you in your word and that you change us and speak to us through it. So Lord, we ask that you would speak to us now. Um, speak through me, speak in spite of me. And God, we ask that you would do something real and lasting in all of us today. Lord, that we would be different people. God, we love you. And Lord, I just want to say thank you for um, once again, God, saving a terrible sinner like me. We love you so much, God. And we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, you ever think of a time in your life, and I know probably many of you have experienced this, where you get that phone call that's just got terrible news on the other end? You know, when you get that phone call where you know real quick that it's bad news heading your way. Um, you know, you get a phone call that a loved one has died, or you get that phone call telling you, somebody's gotten a really bad medical diagnosis or somebody you know and love has been in an accident. Um, I got one of those phone calls four years ago this past January and it was from my sister and she had called to tell me that my dad had had a heart attack and was in a coma and he was in ICU. And what had happened was my dad, my dad is like a fitness guru and it was kind of shocking that he had this problem but he had been working out and he had a heart attack and he had just passed out, fallen off the exercise bike and the trainers at his gym had to do CPR because his pulse had stopped. They had to get the defibrillator out, you know, and shock him back. Um, and his pulse came back, but he didn't, you know, come back to consciousness. And so he was taken to the hospital and he was in a coma. And the doctors were like, we don't know if he's gonna make it. We don't know how long this coma may last, when he, if he comes out of it, what are his mental faculties gonna be, what are his physical abilities gonna be. It was really terrifying. You know, that was the phone call I got. And as you know, like, you'll get those kind of moments in life when just those kind of things hit you and just knock you on your butt and you just don't know what to do. And so, honestly, we were like, all right, Lord, if my dad's gonna make it, if he's gonna recover, we need a miracle. We need a miracle. I mean, that was the only thing that was going to restore my dad. And so my family, we began to pray. And we got friends and loved ones to pray with us. And we just cried out to the Lord. We said, God, we need you to do something impossible. We need you to do a miracle if dad's going to make it. And slowly but surely, God began to do that. And the miracle began to happen. My dad woke up. And began to learn real quickly that all of his mental faculties were there, his physical abilities were there, and he recovered. And he's still with us, and he turns 70 next month. 
and that's just God being God. And just to say, we needed a miracle, and that is what God did. It was incredible. And the reason I tell you that story is because what we're going to talk about today is how our God is a miracle God. And that there are times in our life where we just need miracles because we have no other option. And that our God does those kinds of things. And that's what we're going to talk about today as we continue through the book of Matthew. And so I want to begin just by defining what I mean by the term miracle. I think that word gets a little overused in our culture. And I think it's also been watered down. You know, for example, back in the 80s, for those of you who remember this, when the U.S. men's Olympic team beat the Russians, beat the Soviets, the announcer famously said, do you believe in miracles? Um, while that was awesome, I wouldn't say that was really a miracle. You know, I just don't think it was. You know, or today, somebody will take a picture of their cat and their dog sleeping together and put it on Instagram and say something like, look at this little miracle. I'm like, that's probably not a miracle. Um, it's cute, I guess, but, you know, I wouldn't say it's a miracle. And so I just want us to understand and know what we mean by the term miracle biblically. And what I would say a miracle is, and it's, it is an event or an act that cannot be explained by the laws of nature or science that could only have been performed by God. That would be my definition of a miracle. It's just something that laws of nature, laws of science cannot explain, something that is just absolutely impossible, that only God could have done it that's what we mean by the word miracle it is god doing an impossible thing you know god created the laws of nature he created laws of science so he is not bound or restricted by them in fact he's outside of them and there are so many times throughout history and in our lives and in this world where god does miracles this is who he is and this is what he does he is a miracle performing god that's why he can heal the sick raise the dead feed the 5,000, walk on water, those miracles we read about in Scripture. He is a miracle-performing God. I have a friend in India named Tammy Hutchins, and I've mentioned her to y'all before. And Tammy is from Atlanta. She grew up there, and she felt God calling her to be a missionary. And so she moved to India about 20 years ago, and she started adopting street kids in India and raising them as her own. And in the last 20 years, she's adopted about 50 kids and raising them. And, one, and she's so cool to me because her life is just full of miracles. I mean, the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit in her life is unbelievable. One of my favorite stories of hers is this is when she had first moved to India. This is the late 90s. And she only had about a handful of kids she was raising then. And Christmas was coming. And so she asked her kids, she's like, what do y'all want for Christmas? And her kids, they call her Tammy Ma. They said, Tammy Ma, we want firecrackers for Christmas. That's what they wanted. And Tammy, like, her heart kind of sunk because, one, she didn't have money to buy firecrackers. Two, you can't really buy firecrackers in India. So, like, there was, they wanted this gift that there was no way they could get. And Tammy, being the person of faith that she was, she tried to, like, talk them out of that. Like, well, y'all want anything else? She's like, no, no, we want firecrackers. So she was like, all right. I mean, if you, for those of your parents, if your kids are praying for something, you don't want to discourage them. She was like, okay, well, we'll pray for firecrackers and not get them. It'll be a terrible Christmas. And so the kids just prayed and prayed, and, you know, Tammy was like, there is no way this is going to happen. And so, I mean, they live in the middle of India. You just, how are you going to get firecrackers? And so Christmas Day came, and there is a box on their doorstep. And they haven't opened the box, but the kids go ballistic because they are like, look, 
we got the firecrackers. Tammy and I, we got the firecrackers. And she hasn't opened the box. She's like, y'all, it is not firecrackers. There's just no way. And they opened it up, and it was full of them. And she's like, I don't know who gave us those. I don't know how they got here. I don't know where they got them. She goes, Jesus miraculously gave us fireworks. And the kids were so pumped. And just think about that. That's an incredible miracle that God gave a bunch of wonderful kids from India firecrackers because they asked for them. That is what God does. These are the kinds of miracles he does. And this is the kind of God that we follow and love and serve. And we need to know this about him. And this whole concept and truth of Jesus being a miracle God is all throughout the Bible. It's one of the biggest themes in Scripture. I mean, from start to finish, from Genesis all the way to Revelation, this truth about how God is a miracle God. And we see it right even at the beginning of the whole story in Genesis. The creation story in and of itself is just a miracle that God has the power. He just created a whole universe out of nothing. And then the story continues how God called Abraham and said he and his wife Sarah, who was barren, was going to have a child. And Sarah got pregnant at 75, and Abraham was 100. Now, I know for you moms out there, that sounds awful, and I'm sure it was at that age, but that's what God did. It was a total miracle. And then we move on to Moses and the miracles in his life. You know, it starts with the burning bush, then we move on to the plagues in Egypt. Those were miracles. God parted the Red Sea, and the Israelites crossed. You know, then we keep moving through the different people. Elijah prayed for three years that it wouldn't rain, and God didn't make it rain. Elisha is um, the guy who followed him. Elijah parted a river and walked through it. And those are just some of the miracles in the Old Testament. There's a lot more. And then you move on to Jesus. Jesus' life was just full of miracles, his ministry. There are 37 different miracles recorded in the Gospels that Jesus performed. And we already touched on some. He healed sick people. He cast demons out of people. He walked on water, turned water to wine. He fed the 5,000. He raised the dead. And you go to Acts, and it continues. And you see miracles happening in the church in Acts. Peter prayed for people, and they were healed. Peter's shadow would touch people, and they'd get healed. Now, that is just cool. It's weird, but it's cool. Paul would heal people. Paul would raise the dead. The point is, it's just who God is. This is a huge part of who he is. There are 125 miracles recorded in the Bible. Think about that. That's a huge. This is just who God is. This is what he does. It's what he did then, and it's what he does now. Hebrews 13, 8, it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so the God of incredible power and glory and miracles in the Bible is the same God we follow today. And the things we read about in Scripture he wants to continue to do. And we want to be the kind of people who experience that. Now, I would say God does miracles for a few reasons. One, he does them to reveal himself and show his glory. He just wants to make himself known. And few things make Jesus known better than a miracle. I mean, when God heals somebody, it's pretty obvious that he's real. You know, if I had seen Jesus walk on water, I would have totally believed in him. I mean, that would have totally wigged me out, but it would have been awesome. That's my favorite story in the Bible is walking on water. I've tried. has not happened. You should try it sometimes. Go, all right, Lord, you said I'm supposed to do what you do. Give it a whirl. I would take your cell phone out of your pocket first uh, and anything important. But um, anyway, that's just one thing. But God does these things to reveal himself. Secondly, God does miracles just because he's good. 
We sang about that today. He's good. God is so good, and he's better than you think. God is in a really good mood, and he is good. I'm in a men's group here at church, and we're doing a study called God is Good. And God does miracles because he's good. And lastly, he does miracles just because he loves us. Just because he loves us, and he loves people. And he wants to do these kind of things in our lives, and he just wants to express his love to us. He is a miracle God. Another way you can say this is just simply this, is that God does the impossible. It's just what he does. He does the impossible. Matthew 19, 26, Jesus says, with God, all things are impossible. God likes to do the impossible. It's just part of what he is. It's what he likes to do. Things that are impossible to us, situations and circumstances that we think there is no solution and according to the laws of nature and science and our understanding, we'd say can't be done. And God's like, got it. Watch this. This is who the Lord is. Whether it be physical healing, financial miracles, relationship miracles, miracles in nature, emotional miracles, salvation miracles, you name it, God does it. This is just who he is. About six years ago, I was living in Athens, Georgia, and I was working a couple of jobs, and my finances were really tight. And it was, I was having a hard time making ends meet, and it was a tough time for me. And I came upon the end of a month where my rent was due, and I just didn't have the money. Didn't have it. I could not cover my entire rent. And there was no way I was going to get the money before my rent was due. And so, of course, I'm totally panicked and freaking out. And I did what we all do when we're back into a corner. I just, you know, had a meltdown, basically. We've all done that, you know. I totally forgot who God was and what he can do, and I just panicked and freaked out. And so I'm praying. I'm like, God, I don't know what you're going to do. I need a miracle. What's going to happen? And in the midst of my prayer time where I'm just, like, totally scared and freaked out, all I felt like the Lord said to me was, he was like, there was this church in our town that I normally wouldn't go to. And I felt like God was like, I want you to go to that church this Sunday night service. And I was like, yeah, God, that's great. Can you please listen to what I'm talking about? This is absurd. I need money. And the Lord was like, go to that church's Sunday night service. And I'm like, all right, this is great. Um, God is not listening, but whatever, I'll go. So I go to this church, and it was a great church. And without going into all the details, because it might take a little too long, I left there with 200 bucks because people there, God had them give me money. Guys, that is just a miracle that God did that, and I could not believe it. I was like, okay, Lord, I should probably transfer my membership there because maybe they'll keep giving me money, but um, just kidding. I didn't really think that, but it was just, I, I was just blown away how God did that because once again, I had to remember that this is who God is, and this is what he does. He does the impossible. This is who he is. He performs miracles like this. And so for us, it's so important that we always have and maintain a big picture of who God is. And we just need to always have a bigger picture of the Lord. I think we easily limit him and forget who he is. Um, one of the things in the Bible, if you've ever noticed this, you see this in a couple of the Gospels. There's the feeding of the 5,000 miracle. And then the next chapter, there's the feeding of the 4,000. And it's the same situation, and when the feeding of the 4,000 happens, 
Jesus is like, hey, how are we going to feed everybody? And the disciples are like, we have no idea. This is impossible. It's never going to happen. And what that story represents is our spiritual condition to forget who God is. We forget what he's done in the past. We forget how he's done miracles before. And so we just need to be people that continually keep the truth of God in front of us. In particular in this area that God is a miracle God. And so the biggest reason I think we need to remember this, that God is a miracle God, is for this reason, is that there are just going to be times in our lives, and you've probably experienced this, where we are find ourselves in impossible circumstances and situations where we need a miracle. And we are going to find ourselves in these situations from time to time. And we have to remember that we love and follow and serve a God who does this. Time to time, life will just throw the impossible at us and just about kill us. And then what are we going to do? You know, some of you, somebody you know is going to get that medical diagnosis where the doctors say there's nothing we can do. You know, you're going to get a phone call or a text, you know, that a loved one of yours, like their, their marriage is falling apart and it feels like it can't be fixed. You know, some of you might have kids that seem so rebellious you don't know what to do. You know, there are just things like this in our lives. You know, you might have somebody you know that seems so far from God, there is no way they could turn and repent. And maybe you just struggle with some kind of sin or stronghold. You're just like, I'll never be free. And these are just some of the impossible situations we face. But when we do, we need God to do what only he can do and to do a miracle. Again, this is who he is and this is what he does. And Jesus' word to us today is that when you need a miracle, you can come and ask for it. This is what he does. You know, the story of blind Bartimaeus on the side of the road. I love it. Jesus says, what do you want me to do? And he goes, God, I want to see. And God says, you've got it. This is God's heart for us. And our scripture passage, Matthew 8, this is what we see there with the man with leprosy. This man had leprosy. And leprosy in Jesus' day was an impossible situation that needed a miracle. Because if you had leprosy back then, it was an incurable disease. And if you had it, you were kicked out of society. You weren't allowed to be around other people. You were forced to go live in leper colonies in the wilderness and just suffer with your condition. And so that was what your life was if you contracted leprosy. And so this man comes to Jesus, and he's like, Lord, I just want you to heal me. God, I need you to make me whole. And Jesus' response is so great. He goes, I'm willing to be clean. And Jesus heals him, and he gets his miracle. Now, here's the really cool thing. When we read that phrase, I am willing, when Jesus says that in the English, we can lose the meaning that came with the original language. The New Testament, the original language it's written in is Greek. And that word willing in the Greek is actually thelo. See, when we say I am willing, you could read it like Jesus is kind of like, all right, this time I'll do it. All right, I feel up for it. I'm willing. Sure. Okay. But that's not what it means. The word in the Greek for willing actually means that he desires to, he takes pleasure in it, and he delights to do it. And so when Jesus says, I am willing, he is saying, I love to do this, and I want to do this. I, take this. I desire to, I take pleasure in it, and I delight in it. And that is God's heart towards us when we need a miracle. He's not reluctant. He's not hesitant. He loves to do it. It makes him so happy. And so when we come to Jesus for those things, know that he loves to do it and he wants to do it. 
gives us a heart towards our community, those in hostile situations. And so when you and I need a miracle, we want to be like this man who had leprosy. And we want to come to the Lord. And I would say three simple things to do when you find yourself in an impossible situation where you need a miracle. Number one thing you need to do is come to Jesus. Come to him. Come before him like this man with leprosy did. The second thing is just ask him for the miracle. The man with leprosy said, Lord, I want to be clean. Jesus said to Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do? And he told him. So tell him what you need. And the third thing is just receive it because he wants to do it. God, heal the man with leprosy, and he was cleansed. And so we come to him, we ask him, and then we receive it. This is what God wants us to do. And when we will do that, the impossible in our life will become possible, and the supernatural will become natural for us as God moves and does what only he can do. When I was a freshman at Georgia um, back in 1999, um, I had really, really, really bad asthma. I had this huge respiratory issue and I'd never thought to get prayer to get healed or get fixed of it and I just figured it was my lot in life you know what are you going to do right and then one day I went to this uh, place called the Wesley Foundation this campus ministry and my campus director a guy named Bob was like hey why don't you get prayer one day we'll pray for your asthma I was like yeah okay whatever and I just didn't think much of it and then finally one night I was at one of our worship services I was like you know what what the heck I might as well get prayed for I mean, my asthma's not going to get worse, right? You know, I didn't think if I asked Jesus to pray for me, I'd get worse. That was kind of the extent of my brilliant theology. And so I go up, and Bob prayed for me, and God really did something. And now I'm just, spirit of full disclosure, do I still have some respiratory issues? Yes, but I can tell you it's about 90% better than it was. And once again, God just did this miracle in me. It's just, this is who God is. This is what he likes to do. And we want to be people who know this and believe him for it. I've already said this, but just to say it again, in life we will face these impossible situations where we have no out, no hope, no other path but unless God does something miraculous. This happens in life from time to time. We live in a fallen, sinful world, and this is just part of the lot of that. But when we find ourselves in these situations, we want to come to Jesus we want to ask him and receive a miracle because he likes to do these kinds of things. Now, I don't want to oversell this because every time I've asked for a miracle, has it happened? No. Sadly, no. You know, I had an uncle um, in high school who got cancer and we prayed for him to be healed and he wasn't and he died. And so I don't want to oversell this and say, God always does a miracle anyway. There are times we ask and God doesn't, and there are times we ask and he doesn't. And when he doesn't, that's hard, that hurts, that can bring confusion and disappointment. But in those times, we have to trust God that he is good and that he knows more than we do. That we trust his wisdom and we trust his sovereignty. You know, there are just mysteries of the Christian faith we have to learn to live with. That one day will make sense when we get to heaven, and this is one of them. Okay, I, I, I just, I don't want to oversell this. But I know this, if we never ask for miracles, we'll never get them. But if we do ask, sometimes God may not do it, but sometimes he will. And we will get a whole lot more if we ask. And this is what God wants to do. And we have to live with that tension of, yes, sometimes he does and sometimes he doesn't. 
but we always know that this is what God wants to do, and this is who he is in the midst of that. And so we want to be people who know this about him and act accordingly, and that when we find ourselves in these impossible situations, we come to him and say, God, do the impossible. I need a miracle, please. This is who God wants you to be, and this is who he wants me to be. And this is who he's called us to be. And so we want to live that out. So in light of all that, this is how I want to wrap up my sermon, and this is how we want to wrap up our service today. What we want to do is we want to give God the chance to actually do this today. Some of you right now are in situations where you're like, yeah, I need a miracle. And so what we want to do is we want to kind of create space for God to do this. And so what we're going to do in just a second, I'm going to have the band come back up. And we're going to do um, a couple of worship songs, like three or four worship songs. And we're just going to open up the altar. And if you are in a place where you need a miracle or maybe somebody you know needs one and you want to pray on their behalf, we want to have an extended prayer time and just pray for them. And just believe God for the impossible because this is what he does.